Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. We talked about on Wednesday um, this new type of leadership called relevant leadership, and that it is not um, the culture of the kingdom. Okay, so just to quickly go over culture, culture is simply a way of life. And we are part of a kingdom culture as citizens of the kingdom who serve a king, his name is Jesus. And so we have to always be mindful um, that even though we are in the world, guys, we are not of this world. And too often we are allowing uh, um, ourselves to, to take on the world's way of thinking and doing and bringing it into the church. And you know, when I say church, I mean the ecclesia, the people of God, because a building has never been and will never be church. So church is not a location. It is a vocation. It is who you are. It is the way you are to walk, live, and breathe as a representation. You are the church of God. And so there is a way of life in the culture of the kingdom. Um, one thing that we have to always understand is that because we are part of a kingdom, we always have to go to the king and ask the king what he would have us to do. And too often we are waking up every day deciding on our own what we're going to do and have never checked in with the king. And then we wonder why we don't have the benefits that come to citizens of a kingdom when we have walked outside of the lines of the kingdom culture. And so we cannot keep bringing in ideas, ideologies of the world and think that God's gonna bless that. And too often we have phrases that the world has and we think God's gonna bless that. We have um, uh, ways of success that the world has and we think God's gonna bless that. But the truth of the matter is, is that God brought you in this world to not be of the world, to show the world how to come outside of what it's in not for you to jump inside with them. And so this morning we are gonna talk about what kingdom leadership looks like, and that is called relational leadership. Relational leadership. So Minister Malcolm, here's what we're gonna do. I want you to read, um, I'm gonna give you four different uh, scriptures I want you to read them and then I'm gonna go over them. And then today guys, um, we're not gonna spend a lot of time exegeting um, these portions of scripture, but I'm going to talk about the portions of scripture and give you a picture of what relational leadership is, okay? Uh, we talked about relevant leadership um, being um, a, a person who decides to be a relevant leader is one that has to stay useful has to stay innovative and has to stay up with the times. Um, we have become enamored with relevant preaching so much so that we do not, um, we do not, we ignore if it's accurate teaching. We are so excited with being hyped up that many of us don't even realize that we are not hooked up with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so this is why it becomes so easy to compartmentalize the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, where we've talked about it is necessary to have them all and know them all. 
But many of us, because we have followed a relevant leadership um, style, we have followed the rah-rah and the hype of the crowd because we have not wanted to dig deep and deal with the things that relational leadership causes us because a relational leader sees you. Let's start with that, okay? A relevant leader doesn't even know you. So a lot of us are in these big, have been in these big ministries where we know the name of our pastor and maybe our pastor has said hi to us once or twice, but we have been able to fly under the radar. We have been able to, 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 um, to hide the, the, the areas in our life that we don't want anybody to touch because we know that with this type of leadership, they're not going to dig deep into our lives because the thing is not about knowing you, it's about you knowing them and the work that they're, they're, they're doing for God. Let me tell you something, you're not doing anything for God. <laughs> I wanna be real clear. I don't do anything for God. I do everything because of God in hopes that what I'm doing um, um, in God will draw someone to God. But I don't do anything for God, right? My, my, my worship isn't for God. My, my prayers aren't for God. My love isn't for God. It is all because God is. It is because of God that I worship. It is because of God that I pray. It is because of God that I live, move, and have my being. But I'm not here. I'm not doing anything for God. But what I will do, what I am called to do is to obey his word. And so if I was to say I'm going to do anything for God, it's to obey his word, to be a light, to be salt, to, to, to not covet my neighbor's things, right? To, it, it is to do the will and the word of God. If I'm going to say we do anything for him, it's to obey him. Okay, so let's talk about relational leadership. Let's define the word relational. The word relational means this. Concerning the way in which two or more people or things are connected. Relational is concerning the way in which two or more people or things are connected, okay? So relational leadership already lets us know that a connection is necessary, that you must be connected in order to have a relational um, to be a relational leader, you must be connected to those you are leading. So I have had people tell me many and many times, I am too close to the people. I, I am too available to the people. I shouldn't let everybody have my phone number. I shouldn't let everybody speak to me. Well, I would then have to say, why are we not wanting to be like Jesus? because Jesus was always not only reachable, but he was accessible. Jesus found time and to steal away, but his time was not to uh, push people away. It was a, a time to be refueled and recharged to come right back to the very thing, people. And so I take time to refuel and charge in God to be available and accessible for people but relational leadership is steeped in connection. Number two, let's talk about the word, what it means to relate to someone. Because here's where I think we, we, we have teeter-tottered on re being relevant 
and someone who you can relate to, okay? Relatable and relevant. To relate means this, to make or show connection, to have concern, and to feel sympathy with or identify with. So to make and show connection, to have concern, and to feel sympathy with and identify with. I love this because um, in scripture, Jesus asked the disciple and says, who do men say I am? And when in that phrase, when you exegete it, what he says is, who do men relate me to? That's what it means. And they're like, some say you're Elijah, some say you're this. What's awesome about this is that they relate him to men of God of honor. And they also relate him to men who were relational leaders. Number three, let's talk about the word relationship. Relationship, three things. Number one, way in which two or more people regard and behave towards one another. Way in which two or more people regard and behave towards one another. Number two, being connected. And number three, emotional association between two people. So number one, the way in which two or more people regard and behave towards one another. Number two, being connected. And number three, an emotional association between two people. So let's look at this. From relational to relate to relationship, all have the word relation in it. Every single definition, the key to it is connection. Being connected, okay? All right, uh, Minister Malcolm, we are going to read. Let's start. We're going to read, guys. Uh, today, we're going to read five different, we're going to be in five different chapters of the Bible. We are going to read five different stories. We're just going to read a portion of each story, and then I'm going to give you um, four things that a relational leader are, and I'm going to back it up with scripture. Amen? So let's start in Luke chapter 10. Minister Malcolm, you know what, I'm going to, because we have more than one, um, um, Pastor T, if you can get Luke 19. DG, if you can get 1 Samuel 16. Minister Suzette, if you can get Matthew 6. And then Minister Jeanette, if you can get Mark 10. So, Malcolm, we're reading one verse, Luke 10, verse 40. First Samuel 16, the whole thing, or just First Samuel 16? I'm going to tell you when I get to you. Give me one second. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Malcolm, Luke 10, 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do the work by myself, tell her to help me. Okay, uh, Pastor T, Luke 19, five through eight. Luke 19, five through eight says, when Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, Zac is that it Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, uh-huh. Zacchaeus. 
Come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Two. Five through eight. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and I have cheated, I have, and if I've cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Is that eight? That's eight, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Going to uh, DG, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 only. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Amen. Uh, Minister Evangelist Suzette, Matthew 6 and 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, O Father, which art is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you. And Minister Janetta, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as, brans as a ransom for many. Amen. Okay, so here we go. We're going to walk through these scriptures, and I'm going to give you points, and then I'm going to talk about each one of them. Number one point, relational leaders don't care about presentation more than presence. Relational leaders do not care more about, a pre about presentation more than the presence or the presence of God, if you want to say it that way. Relational leaders don't care about presentation more than they care about the presence or presence of God. And so Luke 10 40, we literally have the story. If you've never heard of the story of Martha and Mary, they are two sisters. God, Jesus is coming to their home and Martha is very concerned with the presentation. She is running around the house trying to get things together. Jesus comes into the home and her sister Mary finds her way at the feet of Jesus and desires to be in Jesus's presence. And Jesus is speaking to Mary. Martha comes in as we saw in Luke 40 and literally says to Jesus, Jesus, do you not see all that I'm doing? Make her, basically make her come and help me. And verse 41 moves on and Jesus says this, Mary has found the one thing and this I will not take from her. And so a relational leader will not care, is not going to have, uh, care more about the presentation, more about the program, more about what it looks like than God's presence being there, being real and being manifest. And most of us now have fallen so in love with the presentation of, of church, with the presentation of the worship team, the presentation of the lights and the sound, that we become so enamored with all the, all the fixings uh, that we are not as enamored or in love with God's presence. We believe nowadays that God's presence is the program, is the lights, is the show. And the truth of the matter is, guys, we have not had lights. We have not had a program. And we have felt God's presence. I don't know about you. I'm going to talk about me because maybe you haven't. But I have felt God's tangible presence every time that we have met here on Zoom. We have led people to be, believe this. Uh, and I want to say this. If you are ever been a worship leader or a worship leader, we have lied to people by saying that, that the worship 
uh, sets the atmosphere for the word of God. When you can show me any time Jesus preached and there was a worship team or people were singing, the truth of the matter is this, that worship in the Old Testament, songs were sung uh, before battles and they were songs of remembrance of what God had done or who God was. And we need to get back to that because we are not singing songs about what God has done or who God is. We are singing songs that are more self-esteemed and self-gratifying than they are about the presence and the person of God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Mary in this moment finds the presence of Jesus more necessary than moving around and missing. And here's what happens. When you get focused on the presentation, you miss Jesus's visitation. You miss the visitation of the Holy Spirit. And many of us who have been in ministry, many of us who have been in mainstream ministries, when we have had to work because it's been our job, we have, we have, I'm going to say this. And I want you to be honest. If you know the presence of God and have then got a job in a ministry, there's nothing wrong with having a job. Hear me, that's not what I'm talking about. But if had a job in ministry and because the ministry that you got the job and was so presentation focused, has your heart ever bled because you have just, you know that what God has wanted is his presence to be filled in that place. But because the program was the agenda that you have just, you've, you've left feeling like father, why don't they want you father why father i know you sent me here because i know you i know you've sent me here to 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 release your presence god why don't they want your presence well i'll tell you because the global church has been in a martha state for a long time but here you guys are and God is calling you as relational leaders, as disciples of a new era, because we're in a new era, we're in a new era, as disciples of a new era to go back to the era of Jesus and, and be relational leaders who will not run after the presentation, who will not run after the tricks and the show, but that are all about the presence of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I'll say it again, relational leaders, relational leadership will never care more about the presentation than they do about the presence of God. Number two, so we read two stories, but first let me give you um, um, the, the, the second thing about a relational leader. Relational leaders see what others don't, go after the ones others won't, and correct what others won't. Relational leaders see what others don't, go after the ones others won't, and correct what others won't. So here we had the story. So first we had the story um, of, of Zacchaeus. Jesus comes into a town and he is crowded around by all these people. And Zacchaeus, if you've never heard the story, I'm, I'm giving you all the story because I, I've never assumed. Let me tell you one thing I cannot stand. I could not stand it when I was little in, in service. When people say, y'all know the story. No, we all don't know the story. So I will never assume that you know the story. But Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a, was a man of money. Okay. And Zacchaeus had robbed people. And so Zacchaeus is a part in this 
crowd as Jesus is making his way into the city. And because Zacchaeus is also a short man, he cannot see. So Zacchaeus sees a tree, he runs up to the tree, and from the tree, he calls Jesus' name. Here's the thing about the story I love, is that when Zacchaeus goes to see Jesus, Jesus turns and sees him. Okay, and you need to know every time you make it a point to see Jesus, he will see you. So Zacchaeus sees Jesus, Jesus sees Zacchaeus, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down for today, I'm going into your house. I'm coming to dine in your house. The people are in a rage because they're like, how are you gonna go in this tax collector's house? How are you gonna go in the house of a man that, that right, when we look at him, is not a Jesus man. He's not a, a, a Christian man. He's not even a Sadducee or a Pharisee, but Jesus says today, because I see you, Zacchaeus, I see something they don't see. A relational leader will see what others don't. And the truth is, is that Zacchaeus positioned himself for Jesus to see what everybody else couldn't see about him. And when Jesus made his way into his house, the first thing he does is repent. See, when Jesus really sees you, not only can you not stay the same, you don't want to stay the same. And so a relational leader will see what others don't. A relational leader will go after the ones others won't. They literally get mad that Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house and has a meal with him. They start to ridicule and talk about Jesus because they don't understand why is this the person? We were all standing around you. We were all in the crowd. Let me tell you something. You better learn to position yourself away from the crowd because the crowd will always keep you from being where Jesus is. And many of us in a, in, in, in a relevant leadership, it is all about the crowd. It's all about the rah-rah. And then we're trying to realize, trying to be like, well, why hasn't anyone seen me? Why, why don't they see me, God? You called me, God. Why haven't they elevate, elevated me, God? Have you ever been in that situation where you know God has called you and you're trying to figure out why they don't see you, why they haven't called you yet? The woe is me. Why am I not elevating? Why am I not growing? Why am I not this? Because you are in the crowd. And because because you are in a place where everybody wants to be hyped up and you don't realize that you've missed being hooked up. Because let me tell you this, your validation never comes from man. Your validation comes from God. But see, when God, when God validates you and then puts you under relational le leadership, all they do is confirm what God already validated and allow you to be what God already called you to be. I'm sorry, I'm a little excited this morning. Number three, we're going to go. It says, and they correct what others won't. So 1 Samuel 16, Samuel is a prophet. Samuel goes after Saul has been rejected by God. Samuel is sent to find a new king. He goes to the house of Jesse and he says, I'm coming to crown the new king. And Jesse starts to parade his sons. And after the first son comes out because of his stature and the way that he looks, Samuel assumes it must be him. Stop assuming what God looks like and how God moves. Stop assuming. See, the thing is we assume because we're not living in his presence, we're seeking presentation. My God, because we're not living in God's presence and we're seeking presentation, we're always going to fix our eyes on what it looks like and not what it is. And so Samuel, the prophet of God, who knows the voice of God, has now shifted who he is in the presence of God and has allowed his eyes to look at the presentation of these men. And God has to say to him, you look on the outside, but I'm looking at the heart. And so after number after number after number, 
of brothers go by. Samuel looks around and says to Jesse, is there another son? And he says, oh, I, I have another son. It always blows my mind that Jesse forgot he had another son because Samuel had to ask Jesse. And so here's the thing. Oh yeah, but he's out with the sheep. He's out with the, he's out doing the job no one else wants to do. And so I always say this, that God elevated dirty David to be king of all. Oh my Jesus. So dirty David comes in. And even though David is, is, not, uh, is not an ugly man, he is not, um, his presentation isn't that of a king when he comes in. But then as soon as he walks in, God says, there he is. And so what I love is that, that a relational leader will correct what others won't. And in this moment, in this moment where Jesus is with Zacchaeus, Jesus got to correct the crowd and say, look, you don't, you don't understand. And in this moment, Samuel is open enough for God to correct him because he needs him to set his eyes in the way that, he, that God himself sets his eyes. And that's on the inward. And so relational leaders, and here's the thing, from that point on, we see that Samuel had to correct Saul and reject Saul guess what? He will have to do the same to David later when David sins and takes a woman on a, by the name of Bathsheba and has her husband killed because he has lusted in his heart after her so much that he loses who he is in God because of what he saw. Guys, I'm telling you, it is, it is the presentation. It is fixing our eyes on everything but Jesus that will always call us to fall out of relational leadership and relation with Jesus and cause us to want to be relevant with man. Number three, here we go. A relational leader will always draw others to God before drawing anyone to themselves. A relational leader will always draw others to God before drawing anyone to himself. Matthew 6 begins a prayer. The disciples come to Jesus and say to Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And the prayer that Jesus teaches starts out like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be our name. I want to say this, and I've said it before, but I think sometimes we forget. Jesus never prayed to himself. When they came to Jesus and asked Jesus how to pray, he didn't say, pray Jesus. He said, the prayer goes like this, our father, which art in heaven. There's not even a line about Jesus in the Lord's prayer. Even though it's called the Lord's prayer, the Lord himself directs us to God himself. The Lord himself does not direct us to himself. So if we are relational leaders that model after the greatest relational leader, Jesus, if he never called men to come to him, but to come to God, we have to do the same. The only time that men go to Jesus to get to God is through salvation. And that is just a moment of, re of recognizing and, 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 and believing in our heart and confessing in our mouth what God did by sending Jesus as Lord for us and over us. But Jesus himself, every single time anyone tried to trip him up, any time that people tried to get him to just talk about who he was, the moment he comes out of 40 days of fasting, when the enemy tries to come and get him to discredit who God made him to be, he says over and over, it is written. It is written. And everything that is written is about God himself. So a relational leader will never draw people to himself, but a relational leader will always draw others to God before drawing anyone to themselves. And finally, a relational leader understands it's about being a servant and never about being served. 
a relational leader knows this. It is always, he understands it's about being a servant and never about being served. Jesus himself said, I came to be a servant. I didn't come to be served. And so when you're looking at all these relevant leaders who need 10 people to carry their Bible, someone to hold their water, another person to get their straw, someone, stop it. If Jesus himself didn't ask anybody else to carry the word, then I don't need anybody else to carry the word for me. We need relational leaders who will get down to where the people are and stop trying to act like they are above where the people are. You, great leader of today, you are 5.5 seconds to go into hell just like anybody else. Every day I wake up, I am 5.5 seconds from making the wrong decision. But every day I wake up, I say, I choose ye this day to keep serving you, Lord for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That every day I've got to re-up, that every day I got to lift my hands and say, God, here I am again. That it is not automatic that I think that I just got it together, but that just like Jesus got in God's face every day, I got to get in God's face every day. And so a relational leader understands it's not about being served, it's about being a servant. I don't need 10 armor bearers. I don't. And here's the thing, let's stop misappropriating scripture. Jonathan, uh, David had an armor bearer, but the armor bearer didn't carry David's weight. The armor bearer was to go and see things that David asked him to see and do things that David asked him to do. But he didn't carry David's garments. He didn't carry the weight of David's anointing. He didn't carry David's commands and words. He was not a flunky. I said it. He was not a flunky. And so when you get it in your mind that you're here to be served, when you get it in your mind that you need 18 uh, 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 armed guards around you, man of God, when nobody can touch you, man of God, woman of God. And here's what I'm saying. Some people do get us at a certain stature where we have to be wise and use wisdom. But Jesus himself never asked the disciples to be an army. When Peter himself goes to 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 hit the the when they come let me back up i'm too excited when jesus is a is the army the the, the soldiers come to lead jesus away and peter oh little r r rowdy ruckus peter is like oh no you're not taking my jesus jesus rebukes peter <laughs> for defending him jesus like let me tell you what i don't need you to do i don't need you to defend me but what I do need you to do is to be in proper position because when I go, I'm gonna need you to remember who I was. Because when I go, I have put everything in you to fill this earth with people like you. Go be disciples, go make disciples and do as I did, be relational. Stop trying to be relevant. Stop trying to get your name and likes. Stop trying to be the talk of the town. Because here's what you miss. The more that you relate, the more your name will be known because you're a name that leads them to God, not a name that leads them to themselves. So relational leaders don't care about presentation more than they care about the presence of God. Relational leaders see what others don't, go after the ones others won't, and correct what others won't. Relational leaders will always draw others to God before drawing anyone to themselves. And relational leaders understand it's about being a servant and never about being served. Are there any questions, comments, or concerns? I'm done.
this morning, I, I was led to this scripture and it ties in specifically for those of us who have prophetic callings on our lives. All the prophets in the house say, oh, um, <laughs> if you know you have a prophetic calling in your house, in your in, uh, prophetic calling, it's, it's in, in Jeremiah 6, 27, I have made you a tester of metals to examine my people, to know and prove their ways. We have to know. So to your point, Pastor Kai, we cannot know and we cannot examine people if we don't know people. And I'm preaching to, I'm first partaker of this because I, I know that I have a prophetic calling on my life. However, I have had historically a tendency to separate myself from people. We cannot function in our ministry giftings and our callings separate from, from people, just as you just said. So I just think that God once again just kind of gave me a telegraph this morning of where you, where you were going. We have to examine, we have to know people. We have to. We, we, no man is an island. No man stands alone. Good, good, good word, Pastor. Amen. Anybody got no flunkies? I love it. Amen. I'm sorry. Yes, Minister Malcolm, I see your hand. If you want to say something, put your hand in the chat or put your hand up so I can see you, please. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Um, uh, really, I just, I've always had an issue with this, uh, idea of going to like quote unquote church programs and there was a dais of the important people while the other people sat over here and i just appreciate you clarifying that because i never it, it really messed me up for years because i didn't understand why i you that wasn't reflected in the word right but we were doing it in the flesh and in present day so i i just appreciate you just clarifying, like, there, I put it in the chat, like, there really has been an abuse of the word and abuse of people in that sense that we just are making stuff up and creating stuff and it becomes a tradition and then it just, it festers for years and years and years. Um, so thank you very much for that clarification. Yes. And, and here's the thing. I think that, you know, honor is, is due to everybody. You know, um, I think that, you know, there are, um, you know, spaces and places for, for all things, you know. Um, uh, when I go to someone's ministry to speak, if, if they call me to sit on the stage, I'm not going to be like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm, you know, that's your house. So I'm going I'm to do it, but I'm, you know I'm going to say what <laughs> So I know they're not probably going to invite me if they, anyway. But, um, but I know, again, like you're saying, there's tradition, right? And so instead of, um, us trying to, because um, I think sometimes what happens is when you, when you get, when you come into the truth, often then what happens is that because we have the truth, we then want to badger other people. Or then, you know what I mean? We start talking down. And the truth of the matter is, you cannot help transform anything with that, from that position. And so, um, like Minister T, I'm sorry, Pastor Tifa is saying, is that God has afforded me to be in relationships with pastors that will hear me. So that then we see 
things start to because we've all we've all been prey to tradition i didn't know certain things when i you know what i mean because we just saw it growing up all the all the leaders sit here you know all the people do we just this is what you know right but what we cannot do is then hold them hostage or look at them look down on them or have a have an anger resentment you know what i'm saying we have to have the same compassion and the same grace that god gave us but more than anything you then gotta walk it out the way jesus moved people to move from where they were was he lived it out before them he spoke but he also lived and too many of us are talking and we ain't living and so then people are like i'm not gonna do i'm not listening to you because i don't see it in the way you live Yes, Malcolm, I saw your hand come back up. Um, I agree with you, Pastor. And I think um, the challenge I, I've had, and, and I'll just say maybe the residual, is this idea that many of us have come to, and this is part of the problem, that you come to a place that you feel has another standard mm -hmm. of accountability, and that standard has taught you wrong. And so, um, I hear you. It's about even though the standard has even in the standard has made its mistake. It's not about being upset at that because those two are human beings, right? Those are people who are are capable of making mistakes. And so many times I think because of tradition, we have been taught that the church, the priest, the pastor is un um, is, ab is above reproach and therefore cannot make mistakes. And when they do, it is so devastating to people's lives, but God never called us to put our trust in those people or the institutions or the traditions that were created. But we haven't, we, many of us were not taught that. Right. So you've been, or your hurt is based in something that is, it never was meant to be placed in. Absolutely. Here's the thing, love, love those that, are leading you. But when you make them God, that's your fault. It's your fault, right? Now, traditions have told us that's what we're supposed to do, right? So we have to, but how to, but it's up to us to reset that. If you know not to, but you keep doing it, you keep following the crowd, you better become a Z Zacchaeus and go up to, look, Lord, I see you. And this is not what you're calling for. So let me be different. Let me do different. Let me live different. Let me live as Jesus lived so that I can lead people to love like, live like Jesus lived and love like Jesus loved. DG, thank you, Minister Malcolm. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for the word. The, one of the biggest things, two things I really took away from today uh, in terms of distinguishing between a relevant leader and a relational one is the first thing that came to mind was curiosity. Like, you can't see me if you're not curious about me and how easy it is to be intellectually arrogant in a way where it's like, oh, I think I know what you're about, or I think I know what your intention are, but we never really take the time to be like, this is what I think, but let me clarify that with a question so that what I think it is and what it actually is, is the same thing. So just the, the power of that on top of it, just to be, you can do a lot of things, but it's, it's easy for a lot of us to not be here. We just We just think we know, or I've known you for a long time, so I just think you're this way, but, I may be growing into a different thing and keeping that curiosity open because that's the way we learn how to reach people and be 
quote, relevant to them in that season because they may – what I need in one season may not be what I need in another season. So, just uh, – that was, that was a big uh, – the second one I just blinked, but that was a big one I just yeah, – Stay with me, guys. Don't okay. – oh, oh, I'm sorry. Real quick. Uh, you can. Just – let relevancy just fall out, fall out of your language when it comes to discipling. Just let it go, guys. Really. Please, yes, Pasatife. <laughs> and 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 uh, forgive me for interrupting. Um, but and also, DG, what came to my mind too is a lot of times when people are not cu curious about others, is because they seriously don't care. They don't. And we have to learn to care about people. If yeah. I if I care about something, if I'm you know if I'm caring about knowing someone, I'm going to do everything I can to find out more about them but we are so self-focused and so self-centered on our own issues and our own lives that we generally don't care about other people you guys i've literally had people not just in ministry uh, i mean in ministry but like big big leaders tell me you're just doing it all wrong you just you're just doing it. It's too, you're too much. You do too much. I've had people who I minister to tell me, you too, you do it, you give too much. You're talking to us too much. You, you did the, the, and I, I understand their thinking because it is not, it is not, unfortunately, it is not normal in what we have assumed kingdom culture is. We are still bleeding the culture of the world into the kingdom culture. And so I always tell, if you really, 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 really know me, I am a tremendous introvert. I, like if I had a choice, I wouldn't, I, me, choice. And I'm telling you, I don't have one. So let's just, I would not be with people all the time. I would just not, I, I would not. But when God called me, he called all of me to have to not be me. Hear what I just said. When he called me, he called all of me to not be me, but to become who he created me to be. And so I could easily just shrink into when people are like, oh, no, no, you should be just isolate yourself more. Stay away. I could be like, oh, yeah, well, that's comfortable. That feels good. But if I have God's heart, that is not God's heart. <laughs> It is not the example of Jesus' living, and it is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead us from, he leads us to, into all truth. <laughs> he leads us to, not from. Jesus didn't walk away from, he walked to. God gives to. So we have to, you gotta let God, it's uncomfortable, right? But he don't work in our comfortability. So I love Pastor T saying, hey, I just, me too, I got, I got, I got to shift this. I got, I, I got to shift how I've, how I've been. Because we're not reaching, we would be reaching more people if we lived in relational leadership. We hyping a whole bunch of people up in, re, in, 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 uh, in relevant leadership. But the word would have spread more if we actually cared more about one another. Anyone else before we take communion? Any questions, comments, or concerns? I see a few. Yes, Daphne, I see your hand. 
Good morning, everyone. Um, I actually just not on the message. The message was absolutely on point. Um, I'm I'm to a point. I was asking the Lord because um, oftentimes when I get on, it's almost like a, a just a confirmation of something that the Lord has already spoke to me. So with that being said, and then just other personal things that's going on in my life, um, I'm just asking for some uh, prayers. Whenever the Lord put you guys. Um, put me on you guys heart just to pray for me because I'm sitting here and I'm ready with my elements this morning I'm so excited about communion, but I know at the same point. I absolutely need um, Some intercession um, I, If I knew the exact area, I probably wouldn't be asking for it because I could be praying But I understand that there's something interfering and uh, this week has been a, a, a lot has happened since um I guess the last time we met up until today, um, and I think Tanya and I were talking, I was saying it, it's something and I'm asking God, like, am I in not in agreement with you in some area? Cause it's even difficult to go to him. And because of that, uh, it's something I, I can't pinpoint it, but absolutely before I even take the elements and stuff, I really, cause I don't, I, I believe the word when it says some of us take it wrongly and that's why we, you know, father, uh, the sleep of death, basically, you know, um, and I don't want that to be said of me, even as my heart is prepared. I have the element sitting here, but um, yeah, so that that's where I am. That's my transparency for the day and uh, just, you know, need that prayer so I could get past where I am today in my, you know, tomorrow or well, the rest of the day. Amen. That's it. That's it. Anyone else? <laughs> yes, Ryan. Actually, I actually had a question mm -hmm. um, about like the relationship between the relative, what is it? The, the leader that is relevant, 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 a relevant leader. I think that, do you think that it's a sense that they like kind of the attention? Because I feel like in my experience going to church with a relevant leader, it's the crowd is almost kind of combative and very like, it's a competition to see who has the best, like who has the best question, who's gonna say the right thing. So like going back to what you said about Zacchaeus, if he was in the thing, um, in the tree, I think the crowd was not so much like, okay, he's a sinner, but so much like, why didn't God pick me? Because like also in my experience, I am my mother's like second child. So a lot for a long time, I adopted that identity. I'm second and so like, when it came to my sister, I was always very jealous and kind of like, look at me, look at me. But um, I think that's because once the church, they've allowed that sense of mentality that you have to be the best oh, instead right. of like, let's go and praise and let's go and worship and build a relationship. It's like they're craving Jesus' attention, but not so much the relationship. Mm -hmm. so that's I don't know yeah. where the question was because you just preached. So I don't really know where the, question yeah. was. <laughs> where the question was. But no, you're absolutely right. And here's the thing, guys, right? Any time that you're put in a position to be in front of people or to lead people, right? The, the, the roar of any kind of crowd is, is, can be seductive if you don't know what, why you're doing what you're doing, right? So yes, the second part of that story, right? If we look at the crowd, is the crowd was upset that Jesus didn't pick 
them, one of them, some of them, anyone, right? That literally here I am around you, clamoring after you. Here I am looking like, right? Like I, I, I've done everything, right? Like Martha, I did everything. I, I set this up. I, I, I made dinner. I did, right? And so we're all, we, we have projected or made up in our minds what attracts Jesus or what Jesus wants or what Jesus is looking for, right? Because we made all these one plus one equals two in Christianity and that's not true, right? So um, um, all the things that God is looking for are not the... <laughs> Are not the things that we live out right so uh the bible says he he loves a cheerful giver how many of us are actually cheerful how many of us are cheerful givers right so like it is it says without faith it's impossible to please god right it is not me being you know showing up and doing all the work that pleases him it's faith faith is the only thing that pleases god right we're talking about pleasing him so all the things that you said are absolutely right. We've made up a very competitive um, culture, you know, who's rising to the top, who's being elevated, who's being seen, you know, pick me, pick me. And then we've taken that within the culture of us into our relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's like, pick me, pick me, see me, see me. And Jesus, the God, God is like, I've, I've, I saw you before you were even in your mother's womb. I know every number of hairs on your head. Me seeing you is not the issue. The issue is you done got tripped up into the presentation and you and the very thing that you want is not the presentation, it's my presence. Come back to me. Come back to me. I put men and women in place to teach the word but not to take my place. And what we have done is that we have set up men and women to take God's place. So people know the pastor, they know the ministry, they know the vision of the ministry, they know, right? But they do not have relationship and an authentic relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when the ministry trips up, when the man and woman of God fails, we blame God instead of blaming the person that actually did or did not do the action. So what you said, you preached. God bless you. She preached this morning. So, amen. Got you. I'm going to ask Minister Janetta to lead us in communion this morning. Um, if you need to take some time, get your elements. We're going to give you a, an opportunity to get your elements. And if you can get on the screen, please get on the screen for communion. We want to see your face. Anybody else have any comments, any things? I saw Mr. Tim in the back. He was clapping earlier. I saw you, Mr. Tim. That's how I know I might be saying something good when Mr. Tim gives me a pump or a clap. I'm like, oh, we might be, might be on the right direction today because Mr. Tim, is, that's my dude right there. Um, but anybody, anybody else have anything they want to share in regards to the message while we're getting ready? Yeah. Yes, Ms. Tardia. Hi. Uh, I'm just going to go back to the prayer that Pastor Tifei gave us over anger. Um, you know, we've, we've had a rough week <clears throat> and, you know, Tim got laid off this week. So I was really angry. Um, 
and I wasn't encouraging, and I wasn't lifting, uplifting him. And I just, I'm just angry. And I know that I need to, to get back uh, to God and, and not be fearful. Because when you're fearful, you're not made in love completely. And um, so I just want to say I appreciate the prayer. I needed the prayer to bring me back. Um, you know, I'm not angry at him, but the anger does come out to him. Um, I just, I was just thrown this week, and I wasn't prepared. And I, and I, I have to admit, because I wasn't trusting God to take me out of this. Yeah. And uh, so I just thank you for the prayer. And I thank all of this group, because it, it just brings me back so I can push forward. That's it. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm believing God that he has something incredible for Mr. Tim and that as you guys lean into, oh, what, what, Mr. Tim? What, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say to everybody that uh, it has been a rough week, um, but I have uh, neglected my wife. I haven't paid the attention to her that I should have been paying to her and understanding how my laying off is going to affect her. Mm. Uh, I've been neglected. And uh, to this group, everybody here is magnificent. Has uh, helped my heart. Has helped the way I'm trying to live my life in God. So I appreciate everybody here. I love y'all. The input, the prayers, uh, just the, the outpouring of emotion about how things are going in this world is just encouraging me to continue to get better and live my life more strong. I want to apologize in this group to my wife. Mm -hmm. I love everybody here. I'm ready to come. Oh, Mr. Tim, I love you. <laughs> it's back at you, Pastor Kai. <laughs> that's a good husband. I don't know. Shoot. I don't know about y'all, but that's a good husband. Well, amen. Well, I just want to pray. Father, I want to pray over Miss Tim and Miss Tardia this morning for both of their honesty and vulnerability before all of us, Lord. Thank you for a man, God, who can apologize. Thank you for a woman, Lord, who, who loves her husband uh, so much so that she, she was angry, not at him, but for something that happened to him. But I thank you now, God, that they would unite in prayer, that they would unite in faith, that God, the things that you have been showing them and doing in them, um, I just believe, God, you're, you're transforming not only just them from the inside out, but even things all around them. I pray that you have the right place, the right position for Mr. Tim, because I know you do. I pray, Lord, that as they just dig in more to you and one another, that they will see the way clear because you have made a clear path for them. Help them to not lean to their own understanding, but in everything, acknowledge you. Um, and God, let the path just begin to light up almost like the yellow brick road where they just, they can't even miss it, God, that they see it there. Um, thank you for your presence in their home. Peace be unto them, God, um, and let your word be unto them. Um, according to your word, God, it is so, and we believe it is so. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the KHOW Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P 
LA at gmail.com.